teaching old dog a new trick. I think it's time to sit, stay, listen. Welcome to Sit, Stay, Listen with the Kentucky Humane Society. I'm your host, Kate Sale, certified professional dog trainer, coming to you from Forward Radio 106.5 FM. You can catch our previous episodes and all of the other programming available from your grassroots community radio station on our website, forwardradio.org. And remember, here at Sit, Stay, Listen, we answer your questions about your pets, their behavior, and why they do what they do. So don't forget to send your questions to the Kentucky Humane Society Facebook page or send an email to behavior at kyhumane.org. Today, I'd like to welcome Melissa Pizzuto, certified professional dog trainer, to the show. And she is the Kentucky Humane Society's behavior and animal care manager. Welcome, Melissa. Thanks for coming on today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I wanted to talk a little bit more about the role that behavior plays in the shelter. See if we can offer a little bit of guidance to our families that just brought dogs home and then talk to them a little bit more about what resources we have available for them. Sure, so uh, we have our behavior team within the shelter and our job is really to take a look at all the dogs, all the animals really, get to know their personality a little bit, what makes them tick, what they like, what they don't like, um, and what kind of behavior challenges might be present. And these behavior challenges could be anything just from a dog being a little bit timid and shy meeting new people to a dog that reacts to other dogs when they walk down the road. And the nice thing is that people have really come to understand that dogs are living, breathing beings and their behavior can change based on the environment, how they're feeling. Um, And people are starting to realize that dogs aren't these perfect robots that will do whatever we want, whenever they want. We have to work with them. We have to get to know them and again, address some of those challenges that we can help. And in some cases, it's just the dog is who the dog is. And instead of addressing the behavior with the dog, we just work to find the right home for them that can manage that behavior and keep them safe. And everybody has a different uh, level as to what they'll accept and what they want. Some don't mind a dog that doesn't like other dogs. They only want to have one dog or some might not mind a dog that's very energetic because they have energy themselves that they need to expend. So it's really a good thing of our team being able to again, kind of get to know what the animal needs and then find that home for them. And we do have training resources where we can work with something. Some dogs just haven't had much experience in the world. Some might need a little help. We have a dog that probably never lived inside. And so a lot of our work was really just getting them used to being indoors, going through thresholds, getting into cars, things like that to just help them as they um, get to know, get used to our human world and, and go into homes. And that's something that KHS has that not every other shelter has. That's something that makes us a little more unique. We are very lucky to have the team that we do um, and the resources that we do and the support that we do. Um, Not only do we have our team here, but we have foster teams and foster homes that allow us to explore behavior even a little bit more. So um, we are lucky to have that. And we, we do try to educate people and help other shelters even figure out ways that they can incorporate some of this work into their daily routine. So when you have a dog that comes into the shelter, what sort of things are you looking for? What are some of the most common behaviors that you tend to see? 
Sure. So first of all, it's important to remember that the behavior we're seeing is a, just a snapshot in time. And it's important to not put labels on an animal immediately based on the behavior that they're showing. And a lot of times that those first touches are things like medical, they have to get on the scale, they might have to get vaccination. So they can be pretty scared and it can be a pretty scary situation. So we first look at how they handle that. Are they loose and wiggly through the entire time? Are they stiff? Are they scared? Are they, you know, pancaking to the floor? That kind of thing. So we look at maybe they need some help with handling. Maybe they need some help with just getting used to new places, or maybe they just need some decompression time to kind of let the new environment sink in. So we kind of do some assessments at the time that they come. We give them some time as well. Again, they might need some medical work, spay neuter. We let them get that taken care of because we want to make sure that their physical state and their nutrition, health, everything is taken care of first because that's going to change the way that they behave. Then we just start to get to know them, offer them treats, um, offer them toys, see what kind of things make them tick, see how they feel about other dogs, about potentially cats if we have cats around. And we just kind of look, you know, do they walk on leash? Do they do things like bite at the leash? Are they having trouble going through thresholds? And are they reactive to other people or dogs? And we tend to see that a lot with dogs that are maybe under socialized or haven't gotten out so much. They might see other dogs or other animals and react, or they might, we've had dogs that see their own reflection and have barked at that. Sometimes it could be people they haven't seen before, men, children, just all different things that they might react to. And we just take note of that. And again, we don't want to label them as shy or aggressive. We just want to take note of the behavior in that particular situation and see if we see any trends. Again, with some shy dogs with handling sensitivities, sometimes we'll see that they don't want to interact in the front of their run. They might not want to be leashed or kind of um, retreat when we come in. And so we just work to gain their trust, show them that it's safe for them to approach us and just work with them that way. And so we take these assessments, these snapshots at various times so that we can see the big picture of our dogs. We don't want to just see them when they come in, they're scared and base our assessments on that because that could be a completely different dog once they've had, you know, some care, some treatment, some time to decompress. A lot of people have this concept of dogs coming through the shelter system really being behaviorally broken, whether that's the reason they were surrendered in the first place or because of the situation that they're coming from. And we're really hoping to change the attitude towards these rescue dogs and show that that really isn't the case. Really very few dogs that come through the shelter actually go through our full behavior modification program. Most of them just really need, again, some time to get to know them. And a lot of them are just products of bad matches. You know, for example, somebody that has limited physical abilities ended up getting a very high energy dog that needs a lot of physical stimulation. And so it's not a bad dog, just a bad match. And so we've had dogs come in like that, where they go to a proper home, maybe with some kids or some people that go hiking a lot, and the dog can just do wonderfully. So most of the dogs that come through here really don't need any work. They just need to find a proper home. And the ones that do, the behavior typically is easy to manage. We always look at safety, of course. We're not working with animals that are going to be dangerous to our community, but they are animals that maybe need, again, just a little bit of extra time. And a lot of times those behaviors, again, once they're in a home, 
tend to decrease. They can be worked with. Sometimes we don't even see them when they're in a home because it's just a product of the environment that they're in. So when we have a dog that comes in that was just a poor fit, we're getting to talk to their families and find out what didn't work particularly well, get to work with that dog ourselves, get a really good picture of what's going on, and then find them that great fit going out to a new home. And we have a great deal of success with that. And very few dogs actually stay in the shelter very long. Exactly. Uh, Especially for dogs that are getting surrendered here from homes, they will call into our helpline and potentially get some help. You know, if there's a way that we can help somebody keep an animal in their home, say maybe it's a good fit, but they need some medical work or a fenced in yard or something like that. Our helpline can sometimes help those people find the resources that they need to make that animal um, do well in their home. But if they can't, then helpline gathers that information ask questions, clarifies things, sees what information we can get, and if that animal will do well in a shelter. And then we can take that information and kind of assess it and look at, will the animal do okay here? Do they think we'll be able to adopt them out? Do, will they need some behavior work? Um, that kind of thing. So we're already prepared once they come to the shelter. And hopefully we can find homes for them pretty quickly or foster home or put them in the behavior program to just help them get a few more cues under their belts or go to a successful home. So tell me a little more about our behavior modification programs. I know that gives us a lot of tools to make sure that our dogs get into the best home for them and get the support that they need. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Again, I have a, a wonderful small but mighty team that does amazing work with these animals. Uh, Not only are they proficient technically with their skills, but they just really have that ability to read dogs, to get the dogs to trust them, um, and to do that work with them. And so initially when we get a dog in, we look at what are the main behavior challenges. Again, is the dog overstimulated with things? Do they jump and mouth or are they very shy? Will they not walk on leash? Things like that. And we put together a training program. And that training program or training plan has different behaviors that we want them to learn. And often those work up to a bigger behavior. So for example, a dog that might have a hard time meeting people, we will first teach them a touch cue, which is just having them come and touch their nose to your hand. And then we'll turn that into what we call a greeting pattern of a way for them to meet people that's consistent every time so that they can have more predictability around the situation. A lot of the behaviors that we see, especially if they're a shy animal, they're fear-based behavior. The animal doesn't know what to expect when they come into the situation. So if we give them some tools like a grading pattern, so they're always meeting people in the same way, then that can really help them throughout their life. You know, they typically, um, when they get into a home, will have to get used to things there and having that familiar behavior and familiar cue will really help them. So we come up with these training programs or training plans and consistently assess where the animal's at in that plan and if we need to make any adjustments. And so we take them through that daily work. And then as they're getting to the point where we think that they're ready to go, then we do some more what we call proofing and making sure that that behavior is going to be okay in all different environments. So we might take them to the park. We might take them to another location of ours. Uh, We might have another person work with them to see will that behavior come up or can that behavior be handled in multiple situations. And assuming that that all goes well, then we release them for adoption. 
And depending on the situation, we might release them to our regular adoption process, or we might continue with our behavior modification until we find an adopter that wants to work with them. And then we'll counsel that adopter and work with them to make sure that there's a successful transition into the home and often do post-adoption follow-up as well. So we're there for support. So say we have a dog that's very, very scared in the shelter and we've gotten her to the point where she'll walk, she'll meet people and be somewhat comfortable in the home. That might be a dog where we need to counsel the owners on how to help continue that progress in the home and how to make her more comfortable outside as she goes throughout her life. And so we'll continue with that support through our team as well. And it's important to us. We put a lot of work in. And so we like to see our dogs succeed and continue those relationships with adopters. And some of those adopters even come back and become volunteers, or we've even had one become a staff person. So people really like that kind of personal attention and counseling to help them with those dogs that they take home. The support we give after adoption is really important because a lot of times there's things that come up that we might not anticipate or things that might be different in a home than they were in the shelter. And so to have that trainer that's able to go to their home or do a virtual visit and counsel them to their specific environment is really, really helpful. If that adopter didn't have that support, they might not know what to do or become frustrated with it. And that's when returns happen or people aren't as happy with their adoption. And so we want to make sure that people are happy, the dog's happy and safe. Um, and that we're keeping dogs in homes, again, assuming that it was an appropriate match otherwise. So we're able to provide behavior support if a dog is at risk of coming in, if a dog does come into the shelter system while they're here looking for a new home and even after they come home. And as behavior professionals in so many ways, like this has been the dream for decades. And it's just really, really cool to see. You are here with Sit, Stay, Listen with the Kentucky Humane Society, coming to you from Forward Radio 106.5 FM. And we'll be back after a short break with some original music by John, John, John Slater. There's a party in my imagination. Everybody's going to go. You'll be there in my old band. Playing the song that everybody knows It must be love Oh wait, I gotta go But I'll see you all the next time At the party that's in my mind Come on now na 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 We are back with Sit, Stay, Listen with the Kentucky Humane Society. We are here today talking to Melissa Pizzuto, our Behavior and Animal Care Manager with the Kentucky Humane Society. We're talking about behavior in the shelter system and how that has such an important impact on their life, both in the shelter system and as we're looking at helping them find that perfect home. So let's talk about that transition into a home out of the shelter system. It's a big change. Yeah. Depending on the animal where they came from, some it's going to be a bigger change than others. Some have been in a home before and some haven't. But what we really need to remember is that although we know what's going on and we've already decided that we love this animal and they're our soulmate and we're going to take them home and love them forever, they don't really know what's going on. Some of them have been out maybe on outings or things and they don't know if it's that or if it's this forever home. So we have to remember that, that our viewpoint is a little bit different than what the dog is thinking. So when we get into a home, there's a couple of things you want to remember. First, you want to be prepared and have everything set 
as far as your supplies, if you're going to have a crate, if you're going to put them in a separate room, have that ready for them so that when they get home, you can kind of show them where that space is for them. And also think about what your rules are going to be. You want to make sure that you don't just kind of say, oh, dog, you've been in the shelter for so long and I feel bad for you and I want you to just have everything right now so you can sit on the couch, you can sleep in the bed, you can eat out of my plate whatever, and then a couple of weeks later decide, ah, I don't know if I really like that behavior, but now you've already taught the dog that this is part of their general routine. So you wanna think about what your routine is, what your rules are gonna be, and make sure you implement those immediately. And so when you first take your dog home, plan to be relaxed for a little bit. Don't invite friends over, don't decide that you're gonna take your dog to a party that day. Um, they need a little bit of time to figure out who you are, what the place is, and again, what the rules and, our, and expectations are around that new environment. And so we often talk about too, that there's a rule of threes when bringing animals home. And it's usually three days, three weeks, three months. So we see after three days, dogs typically start to settle in a little bit, kind of start to get the routine and understand where things are at and when things happen. After three weeks, they should be pretty much settled in and you're gonna start to see them um, relax a little bit, get a little more confident potentially. Um, you might start to see some behaviors that you maybe didn't anticipate. And then after three months, they should be completely within that routine and completely settled in. And of course, every animal is different. So that's not a set rule. Some are gonna jump in and be happy immediately. And some might take a little bit longer. Perhaps a dog that lived outdoors its entire life might take a little bit longer to get used to that inside home now. So we need to make sure that we're giving them that time before we're inviting friends over, before we're taking them out, before we're introducing them to other animals, that kind of thing. One of the things I see a lot is that people are really quick in how they wanna integrate their animal. And for some that just isn't gonna work. So we have to have those expectations set and make sure again, that we're setting our rules and our boundaries immediately so that the animal gets used to that. And also, so they have predictability. Animals do great with routine and predictability. So the more that you can make things predictable for them, the better it's going to be and help them settle in a little bit more. And you touched on something really important. A lot of these animals are coming into homes that already have animals in them. Obviously, as we already mentioned, not every dog is appropriate to move into a house with other animals, but those that are, let's talk about the best way to start to integrate your dog into a home with another dog or another cat. Sure. So one thing to remember when you're integrating animals together um, is this new animal, you don't necessarily know how they're going to react. I think what happens a lot is we see another animal that has had maybe another dog that has lived with another dog or that plays with dogs at the shelter or something like that. And we assume that they're good with all other dogs because we've seen them with other dogs. But just like people, we're not going to like everybody. Dogs aren't going to like everybody they meet, just like us. And that's okay. They don't have to. So you want to be aware of that when you're doing those introductions. But even if you think that both animals or both dogs are really dog friendly and should get along right away, you still want to take things slowly and allow them that time to get used to them. The best thing you can do is to do some introductions outside a neutral location. A lot of times just taking a walk together and spending some time together where they're not directly face-to-face -face or directly in contact, but just, again, being able to kind of see each other, smell each other without that pressure of having that face-to-face -face contact can be really helpful. And then making sure that they all have their separate locations or separate 
eating places, separate sleeping places, especially initially, but that new dog coming in, you want him to have a place where he feels comfortable. The dog that's been in the home or the cat that's been in the home already is familiar and already is comfortable. So you wanna just make sure that the other animal can be comfortable as well and have a place to go. And again, the slower, the better. Getting to know your animal's body language is super important. So you can make sure that you um, believe that they're comfortable, that their body is comfortable, that it's loose and that they're approaching and want to interact. If they don't wanna interact, we don't force them ever. Um, you can't force friendships. So the best you can do again is kind of work slowly, give them separate times, separate spots, but also do things together and just slowly introduce until you find that point where they're looking forward to seeing each other. There's loose body language and making sure that you're not leaving them unsupervised. I do recommend at least for a long period to make sure that you're not leaving them unsupervised. Again, you don't know what's happening when you're not there. You don't know their history or anything like that. You don't know sometimes what might set them off. And so just being extra careful with things, taking an extra time at the beginning is really going to help the relationship down the road. And I always tell people, baby gates are your best friend. Yes. Get baby gates and don't wait until you have that new dog in your home. That goes right back to what Melissa was saying about be prepared before you bring that dog into your home. I didn't talk a lot about introducing dogs when there's a cat in the home. It's a little bit different, but the baby gate's going to be really important. Again, don't assume that even though your animal's comfortable with the animals in the home, that a new animal won't make them uncomfortable. So you give them those baby gates. They can sniff, they can see, they can retreat if they need to. They can approach if they want to um, and let them kind of visit that way before really making those face-to-face -face introductions. Starting basic training on the way in the door is so, so important. Now, if your dog has been in the home for a little while and you start to see some behaviors that make you go, mm, I'm not sure I like that, there's a lot that you can do. And the earlier that you start working to address those things, the better. Small things grow into bigger things if they're not addressed. It just makes it a little bit harder to get rid of it. So please, if you see anything that's concerning, give us a call, shoot an email, you know, just get some, some help so you can address that before it becomes something that might become a major problem. Or let's be honest, even if you see something that's annoying, mm -hmm. those are things that you can absolutely address because most behaviors can absolutely be addressed. And a lot of them are actually relatively simple and things that with just a little extra work and understanding, especially if you start to work on them early, can be handled, you can move forward, have that great life with your pet. And I do wanna note as well, even if you didn't adopt from KHS, we are still here to help you. The Kentucky Humane Society does have training services available and you can get more information about that on our website, kyhumane.org, or you can call us directly at 502-253-2883. I feel like a lot of people, if things aren't going perfectly right away, think that there's going to be some amount of judgment or we're going to want to take the dog back if they call and they need help. That's absolutely not the case. It's quite the opposite. We want to help you however we can. I think sometimes what happens is people hear the word training or trainer or they need to train their dog and they start to panic a little bit because maybe they aren't a trainer. Maybe they don't have a lot of knowledge in training, but 
really when we say train, we really mean teach the dog. Training doesn't necessarily mean you have to train them to do all these fancy things. It just means you need to teach them what's expected and how to live in our world successfully. So that's things again, like teaching them to go where to go potty, teaching them to not run out the door when you open it. You could successfully train your dog to live in your world without ever even training them to sit or shake. But if they are happy and if they know what's expected of them, then you've done your job. Now, if somebody's interested in one of our mod dogs and they want to meet those mod dogs, we have a great program for that. So before we release our dogs typically or while they're available for adoption, we like to get them out and about on the town. And so we have something called date with a dog. Um, and you can sign up as a volunteer to take one of our dogs out on a date. And we usually ask what your plans are. Do you want to be active? Do you want to, you know, go to the park or do you just want to like sit home and snuggle and watch a movie? Because we have dogs that would probably love either one of those things. And so you can take them out for a few hours. And then we just ask that you give us some feedback. How'd the dog do? Were they good riding in the car? Did they see other dogs? How do they do that way? If you took them into your home, did they... Were they potty trained? Potty training is one of the things that's really hard for us to determine here. So if we can have them go into a home and kind of see how they're doing there, that really helps as well. So those daters are awesome. Um, a lot of them, they return once they've started doing it and take our dogs out and it's so helpful. So if that's something you're interested in, helping us get some dogs out on dates, or if you want to meet one of our behavior dogs, that's a great way to do it. So you can contact us. Um, you can contact behavior team at kyhumane.org or our volunteer coordinator at volunteer at kyhumane.org and we can set you up to be a dater. If you're looking at adopting one of our behavior mod dogs, we do have a little bit of a process for it, not difficult at all, but we do have you fill out an application and then we just counsel you a little bit before that adoption just to make sure that you do understand the behavior the dog is in the program for, what we've done and what kind of management and training might be needed. Some dogs might not need anything going forward. Some might need a little bit more help in the home, but we've gotten them to the point at the shelter where we feel that they're ready to move on and they just need that adopter to help them kind of settle into the home life. And we do have opportunities, not just with our mod program, but to foster to adopt as well if you're interested in a dog, but you're not sure if it's going to be a good fit. Foster is a great opportunity. Again, one of those things that you might get addicted to once you start doing it potentially, but fostering is a great way for you to, to spend some time with an animal and have it be a non-committal type thing. You can, if it doesn't work out, if, if you want to keep fostering and you just want animals for a short period of time, then you can do that. But if you get one in your home and you're like, oh, I really like this dog. I don't think I want them to be up for adoption. Our fosters typically do get first dibs on our animals because they know them. They've been in their home. So fostering is definitely an opportunity for people to try it out. Maybe if you haven't had an animal before or you have kids and not sure how they're going to do with them. Again, a great way to get an animal in your home, but have the support. Our foster team is amazing. Their support they give you is great. You get all the supplies. So really all you have to give is shelter and love, you know, just take care of them. And some are pretty easy. They just want a place to lay their heads. Some of our older guys need that space out of the shelter just to relax. And so fostering is great. And then of course adoption. So we hear the term foster fail a lot, but I really hate to say that because it's not really a failure. If an animal goes into a home and, and they're loved and happy there, I mean, that's a success. Well, Melissa, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us today about our behavior programs and sharing all of these really exciting things that we have going on. 
And for all the work that you do with our behavior team and with all of these really fantastic dogs to make sure that they are ready to go home as their very best selves. Thank you so much. It was great being here. Everybody, thank you for tuning in to Sit, Stay, Listen. Remember that we want to hear from you, so don't forget to send your questions. And be sure to visit the Forward Radio website. That is forwardradio.org to catch all of the previous episodes of Sit, Stay, Listen and all of the other programming on your grassroots community radio station. Take care and have a great rest of your day. I think it's time to sit, stay, listen.